whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi, everyone. It is just Kit and Cynthia today, and we are going to be talking all about friendship. I am just watching Sex in the City for the first time, and the power of female friendship is just so highlighted in that show. And it's been making me think about all the amazing friendships that I have in my life. And we were just chatting on the phone the other day, and we were like, we need to make this a podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. And maybe we could just start off by talking about making friends as an adult. How do you do that? It's like in kindergarten, you know, you would just go up to someone you think is cool and be like, hey, do you want to be my friend? And when you're an adult, that's a little bit different. (laughs) might seem a slight bit strange to do that to a full grown human. So how do you go about making friends as a grown up? as a big kid? First of all, I'm a Leo and I'm born the year of the dog. So I am loyal to the end. And I still keep in touch with friends of mine from high school and, you know, on a regular basis. And I just feel like I can't really let go of that. You know, I think that shared background is something that it, I think it helps me to have you know, it's a way to remember, you know, what a fun childhood I had or or a fun younger self I had. And when you can have friends that you've had for that long, it's like you want someone to remind you of a lot of those good times. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people that when they're younger, they're born in an environment where they don't really fit in or they feel like they can't find their people, their best friends. Do you think that those really strong relationships have to start from like the early days or can you make those lifelong bonds later in life? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that obviously people are going to evolve as they get older and I move to a whole different city and have a family and have been through a lot, you know? So it's like, of course, I've had various connections and and different you know relationships and friendships because of other people in my life that were important or work or who know you know it's like life brings new people into you, into your world all the time and that's great you know when i was a girl scout they used, there was a song we used to sing that was went make new friends but keep the old. Oh my God, please. I know I shouldn't sing. Here. I shouldn't sing. I'll just say it. Make new friends, but keep the old. Some are silver and the others gold. So, you know, I do think that it's a nice thing to keep those friendships going that, you know, are from a long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. I still talk to my boyfriend from when I was 15 all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's an, it's a nice thing to kind of keep that thread. It's a foundation. It feels grounding to me. It feels like 
if I ever get to, you know, full of myself, they could care less mm-hmm. and will cut me right down. Even, you know, going through some really tough times to be able to have the comfort of an old friend feels really good. Yeah. I mean, for me thinking about it, like I am 21 and I've never been in a serious relationship, but I'm I'm going to get like choked up talking about this, but like I really found my soulmate in my best friend who has been my best friend since I was like five years old. And we don't live in the same city anymore, but eventually we will both live in New York, (laughs) but we're both in school now. And she goes to Tulane and we talk on the phone every day. And like, I know for the rest of my life, she's going to be there for me no matter what through everything. And I'm so like thankful for that. But I think that you really have to think about how you show up in those friendships as you're going through different stages in your life. Like a question I have for you is, how do you think friendship changes as you grow up and have different priorities, whether it be job, family, you know, marriage, kids, all of that stuff? Like, how do you manage those priorities in friendships? And how do you continue friendships with people that might not be in the same life stage as you are? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, you know, you can never stake your whole livelihood on one person. It's just impossible. No one person can ever fulfill all your friendship needs, you know? So I think it's, you need to think about that person as being good at what they're good at in a friendship and just knowing that and know their limitations and know their strengths. And I think it's possible to sort of compartmentalize your friends. Like, you know, sometimes it's a shared experience. Like I know, you know, I have a friend that is my travel buddy and he, we met in Africa and we've traveled the world. And he, when it comes to travel and adventure, Charlie's my, he's my friend and he'll do it, you know, and I have surfing buddies and friends and I have fitness friends and I have friends that I am better at talking about relationship things with. And I think it's too much pressure to have a friend that you think can be there for every, every part of your life. I just don't think it's realistic. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. And yet I've like found that person, but I feel like it's kind of the same as romantic relationships where it's like, sometimes you like find your soulmate, but a lot of times you just go through life and have different relationships that each offer you a different learning lesson or whatever. And I think that that could be the same with friends. Like you can go through life and have amazing friends and never meet like a best friend. And I think we put like a lot of emphasis on having a best friend, but I don't think it's like necessary for a full life of joy and fun and experience. But I also think it's like, it's like a relationship. Like you can't go into start dating someone and you're having an amazing relationship and you're like, this is it for life. 
done. I'm done. Throw away, lock the door, throw away the key. No, like you just have to enjoy it for what it is at that moment. Like I had a best friend that helped me through the death of my husband, getting back on my feet in the craziest, most fun way, like the best, best, best times, like best, best friend. And then something happened where, you know, I had to send the cops to her house with a warrant. So she, Maybe we'll she, need to do you know, a little bit of explanation there. <laughs> uh, okay. I can just say things went awry, but then you know what? Time heals all wounds. And after 10 years, I still like, no matter what, and, and I know this is what, this is sort of, I think the the key part of this podcast and this discussion is like, when are you being duped as a friend or when are you like, when is a friendship a bad friendship? Mm -hmm. I have to say there's two things. As you get older, it is harder to make friends as an adult. I think, you know, just because there's, you have all these responsibilities and distractions and commitments and it's harder. So then you don't want to throw something away if it's a good friendship. Yeah. You have maybe more tolerance because you're like, huh, well, it's not like I'm going to be meeting all kinds of new people. Wait, this is so funny because now that I'm thinking about it, trying to make friends as an adult is almost like dating in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. I know. Why don't they have, and I'm serious about this, but maybe I shouldn't even say it because this is such a good idea. Instead of like Raya, I guess it's called LinkedIn, but like, what if it's just- Bumble BFF, I guess, but people, I feel like older people don't really use Bumble, but- Right. And there's always an ulterior motive with all that stuff. But what if it's just like, I just want to have a buddy- you know, yeah. I want to meet a buddy that I can like. There's something, something bad about else. that, though. There shouldn't be. There should not be. You should be able to. I mean, what's the difference between that and finding someone that you want to date? Like, what's the difference? Well, I think dating apps as you get older are pretty sad, too. Like, <laughs> in terms of like the cultural response to like dating apps in your late adulthood, I don't think that. I guess it depends which dating app. Yeah, I think there's something like that seems sad about trying to make friends as an adult. And it's not at all. It's amazing. But I don't know how successful an adult friendship app would be because I feel like people are too, (laughs) people are too like, have too much pride to do that, you know, to say like, I'm lonely and I'm looking for a friend. And I think loneliness is truly like, a huge problem for my generation and also just for people this through this pandemic because we've all I think realized who our real friends are through this time it's like who am I willing to risk my life to see and those are like my ride or dies and like you were saying before like there are different types of friends there are friends that I will just you know go to a workout class with or used to go to a workout class with once in a while or like go get a manicure or like do something once in a while just to catch up. And I haven't seen those people in a year and a half. So I've had to think about like those categories of friends and really 
assess like who I have on my roster almost. Well, here's something that I think is a big part of all that is like who reaches out to whom in a friendship, you know, I don't care. I don't care about my pride. I'll text someone three times to have dinner. I don't care. Yeah. And eventually they'll text me back, but I'm just like, fine. Okay. Eventually I'll get the hint, but probably I know that that's just the way you are as a friend. I guess it's like, when do you, when do you decide that it's time to end a friendship? You know, when do you take it personally? Yeah. I was going to ask you if you've ever had a friendship breakup. I did, but then we reconciled after the cops took care of some stuff. No, I'm just kidding. No, but we did for 10 years. But then I literally used to have dreams about how much fun we used to have. And I was like, you know what? It's not worth whatever bad blood there was. I know deep down our chemistry, we're, we're like pouring gasoline on a fire, which is amazing in a friendship. I mean, I've never had a friendship breakup necessarily. There are people that have like drifted in and out of my life, but I've never had to go through that yet, which is, I mean, I hope I never have to. <laughs> like it's really, it's really hard and really sad losing a best friend. And I think sometimes can even be more difficult than going through a romantic breakup because that person was like sometimes there for you for years and years and years. And also I think, you know, just like any romantic breakup, you might lose other friends along with them because you're usually in a joint group, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. How would you describe yourself as a friend? I know this. I'm the person that people call when something bad happens, when they need someone to talk to, people call me because I'm always, I can always sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm like a, I get sort of in my life coach mode where I'm just like, come on, you can do this. Let's figure out how we're going to get through this together. And I check in with them like the next day or a couple days later. Now, how's it going now? You know, I'm really, I think that I'm a go-to for people who want some hand-holding while going through some traumatic thing. And, and I think if you can be a good friend like that, I mean, that is like, I know, you know, in the last year or so, that's how I made another really good friend as an adult, because, you know, I kind of decided I'm going to be there for her whenever she needs me. Mm -hmm. If she needs someone to talk to, if she needs someone to have a glass of wine or two with, I'm there. I'm I'm your one, you know, call me, I'm there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's like a noble thing, I think, to be able to feel like I'm going to help this person. And I hope that through all that, we have a new friendship that will last well beyond this time. Mm, Yeah. I think showing up is like a huge part of friendship and just being there. I don't know exactly how, how people would categorize 
me as a friend. I think I'm sort of like a motherly friend in the sense that like I'm very stable and I can have like an objective view of things and like really be an arbiter in a lot of situations. Why do you think you are the way you are in friendships? I definitely maybe I'm like, am I too like selfless sometimes? I don't know. There could be right, people you definitely to are. Too. You are a hundred percent, and we'll get into that. I don't know why I can do that for a friend. Is it some kind of reflecting on your own shortcomings? Is there something? Is no, there something I that you want to tell me? Like dealt with a lot of hard shit in your life, and so you're like, I will be there for people when they're going through something, no matter what. But you know, I think sometimes, in my opinion, sometimes you give people the benefit of the doubt way too much and you make too many concessions and friendships. Whereas for me, like I, I think that the group of women that I surround myself with is so strong because the second time I'll let it go once, but the second time somebody like wrongs me or does something that I just can't live with as a friend, I'll distance myself quietly. I know that you and your friends just like <laughs> tell each other like that was really shitty what you did and I really I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it or whatever you know I'm just paraphrasing but like it's kind of intense and I guess as you get older you just don't want to have I don't know I don't I I I maybe I don't like conflict I don't know what it is but like it feels like as you get older there's less drama I don't have any drama in my friendships, I would say. Like, I think that, for example, the other day, one of my friends, we were supposed to hang out. It was like a loose plan. So I didn't make any plans that day. And then she texted me like later, later in the day. It was probably like 5 or 6 p.m. And she was like, hey, sorry, I'm actually going to this game night. So maybe we can hang out another time or something like that. And I was just like, I could, I mean, I could have gotten pissed at her because we had plans and she just ditched them to do something else. But instead I was like, Hey, from now on, I would appreciate if we had really solid plans. And like, you gave me times for when we can hang out because honestly, I need that like for my anxiety to have a schedule. So that was just something that was like easily solved. And she was like, okay, from now on, I'll do that with you. And I think that's not drama. That's just like straight up blunt communication. Yeah. Whereas for you, I feel like there are times when like, I'm thinking of one friend in particular who will sometimes just like not ever reciprocate plans or whatever And like, if I were you, I would be like, hey, are we ever going to hang out? Or you could even say it in like a funny way. Like, are we ever going to see each other or what's up? Like something like that. Instead of just like, keep continuing to like belittle yourself, basically, and beg them to like, hang out with you when. Okay, now this is getting, now you're getting crazy. I'm not 
begging anyone. I know. Oh, that's I'm not crazy. saying you're begging them, but like <laughs> you, you will like continuously be the one to reach out over and over again when it's like you deserve someone who wants to make plans with you. Okay, but it's like, again, at a certain point in your life, you, you know, your friends have kids, your friends have jobs, your friends are traveling or busy or, you know, there's things that it's real easy. And I, I feel like it too, you know, that it's really easy to just get going and with things in your life and not realize like, oh, I haven't made time for myself to, you know, spend time with my a friend or two or three. But why can't you communicate that is my question. Like, obviously, like people have stuff to do that they can't always just like be social and be going out to dinner every night and whatever for a number of reasons. But I think that the problem isn't that you don't see each other all the time and constantly are hanging out. The problem is that like you can't reach out and be like, hey, we haven't hung out in a while. I would love to see you and get like an actual response. No, I get a response. I'm just saying I'm always the proactive friend. Yeah, that I would cut that out like immediately. I could not do that. You just have to know that about someone and just know like that you're going to be the one that that says every you know, once a month, once, you know, what, six weeks, you're the one reaching out saying, let's go have a burger or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I have too many like amazing friends in my life to do that, I guess. So I'm just a loser with no friends. And that's why I have to beg them to go out. No, you have amazing (laughs) friends, but what your problem, I don't think you're a sucker or like a loser. And I, (laughs) at all, you have tons of friends that are amazing and want to hang out with you all the time and want to, you know, prioritize the friendship. And I think you should focus on those and maybe like get rid of the fat in a sense, like cut out the people that don't do that instead of continuing those friendships as well as the really strong ones you have in your life. Would I like to have my very own Charlotte and Samantha and Miranda? Yeah. I'd love to have a foursome of friends that we were just all hanging out all the time. But I I just don't think that's really realistic. And therefore, I have friends that I can dip in and out of and they and they dip in and out of our friendship and it's fun and it's still meaningful. And I think it's like you just have to realize what joy that those people bring, you know, or what or what support or what, you know, just realize what the relationship is. And it's it is what it is. I see what you're saying. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you are the one who are setting those boundaries. So if you're being hurt over and over again about like being dubbed by the same dwelling on that, you know, (laughs) I just ask if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah. That to me, like would bother me. So that's why I wouldn't 
be in that friendship anymore. But why do you have to like put these checklists on a friendship? Like, why can't I have a I have friends? They're a couple, and I see them maybe once a year. And every time I see them, it is the most fun, greatest conversation, and and meaningful and a great catch up on everything. And then, yeah, it disappears. What about friends that don't live in the same city as you or don't, you know? No, I still have those friends, but I know my boundaries in those relationships. If I was in a situation where I was hurt over and over again, because somebody wouldn't reach out or they, you know, continuously did something that bothered me, then I would cut that person out of my life. But I guess the thing is here is like the things that bother me in friendships don't bother you, I guess. So you're fine keeping those people in your life. Whereas for me, there are some deal breakers that I just wouldn't put up with because it would make my time in the friendship not worth it to me. And and I also think that it's okay to have like people who are serial daters, it's kind of okay to have, I think, have serial friendships where, you know, maybe it's like a year or two or a couple of years, two, three years. And, you know, it's, it's just maybe you, you know, I think people, people who spend the summer somewhere, you know, you'll have a friend for the summer. Okay. Amazing. And maybe next summer you'll go back to that place and you'll, see that friend again and it'll feel great. And then maybe you won't go back anymore and the friendship sort of fades away. But that's what I'm saying. I think that's okay. Just appreciate it for what it is. And hopefully you learn and you grow and you you learn something about yourself through these other people, which is something that I think we should talk about. Like how much do your friend, like, do you have to, are you looking for a friend that's like you or the opposite of you? I definitely have friends that are are very different from me and ones that are similar to me. But to me, I would categorize those like serial friendships as just kind of like acquaintances or something like that because I have people in my life that like I know I will die with, you know? You and know? those are my friends. How do you know? What? You don't know. Oh, because I they're literally like they've been there for me for my entire life, or they are people that like, I know will support me through anything. And I think I can tell like in friends that I've had that have kind of like drifted in and out, those are more of my, like my fun friends or my acquaintances or people that I like go party with or whatever. But those aren't necessarily my like homies. And I think there needs to be like a difference. Like I think there should be a ranking of friends. I don't think you should just have people that like come in and out of your life like that. Though it's fun. It's like at the end of the day, you want someone who's gonna be there for you through everything. But some of that is dependent on circumstances. So if your best friend that you're talking about falls in love and moves to Beijing or Tokyo or somewhere very far away, you know, that then you well, have also, to have that, okay, per, that, that person that's more geographically desirable, you know? 
Yeah. Well, here's the other thing also. I think it's a part of the reason why I have such great friends is because I was born and raised in New York and most of my friends will live in New York City. Yeah. When we get older. And so that's like a guaranteed thing of closeness that is, it's just different if you like grow up somewhere and like people move around and change and whatever. That actually is a huge factor of why I know I will die with my homies. Yeah, I do think that that is part of it. Growing up and living in the place that you grow up, you have more Mm -hmm. time to develop and nurture and strengthen friendships. Yeah. It's hard to just pack up and move and kind of have to start over. And I think also the fact that neither my best friend nor I have ever been in a serious relationship. Like we think that no matter what, we're going to like live in the same city and always be best friends. And honestly, I think most likely that will happen just because like, I think we're both, we both are such New Yorkers and we'll want to live in New York forever, hopefully. But Yeah, I think that's just like part of growing up in a city where everyone kind of ends up anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that is, that's a good observation. I would love to talk about also what you think that you demanded friendships because, you know, you've said you have friends that offer different positive things to your life, whether it be a party friend or a travel friend or whatever. But what do you demand? from friendships generally? I really don't like conflict and drama in friendships. Like I really don't. That's something that if that starts to feel like that, then I, I bail. Like that just mm. is not. And maybe I can come back in a bit, but if it feels too fraught with drama, why? Like the test should be when you sit down to see a friend. I don't, I don't, you know, like I think complaining in the first 15 minutes or something, that's just, I don't know, that just feels heavy. You know, it feels unpleasant. And obviously we're in a pandemic. People are going through a hard time. You get into that. But at the moment, like when, if you have a friend that just can't wait to dump on you, then that's not cool. Yeah. That's then you're just like, you're just a, you're just a garbage can, you know, you're just there to be dumped on. I want a friend. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, just like we can get into that, but first let's think about how lucky we are to be sitting here talking or how happy I am to see you and vice versa. I don't, I disagree. I firmly disagree with that. I I don't think you should ever have to do that. Like, why have to? That's how I feel. It's almost like small talk or like whatever. When I go into conversations with my best friends, if I'm like, in the worst mood or just had an anxiety attack or whatever, I can talk to them honestly right off the bat and be like, I had such a bad day today. But I do agree with what you were saying before about 
not being like the trash bin for all of their baggage. And I think a great way to assess a friendship is to see, are you the one always asking questions or yeah. are you the one always answering questions? Well, you know, and realistically in a good friendship, there should be a balance. Well, you know, that old saying that if you meet someone and you ask them a million questions, they're going to think you're the most interesting person they've ever met because they're talking about themselves the whole time. Yeah, 100%. And I've definitely been with guys who who ask a lot of questions and I've left being like, oh my God, I think I'm in love with him because <laughs> I you know, just got to talk to myself in a vacuum. <laughs> but like with my friendships, I really make an effort to, obviously there's fun things in my life that I want to talk to them about or hard things that I want their advice on or whatever. But at the end of a call or hanging out with them, I want to know what they're up to, what they're excited about, what they're dealing with just as much as I want their advice on what's going on in my life. Okay, now I'm just realizing something else, another facet of this, because I'm married and I have like a live-in best friend. I have that sounding board and that person that I'm sharing the heaviness with. So maybe what I look for in a friendship is a little bit different because of that. I'm not saying that's the only person I'm confiding in or the only person that I'm sharing, you know, like not at all, way not at all. But I kind of have that little, you know, ace in the hall that I have somebody that I do always talk to about all of those sorts of things. And then I go to hang out with my friends and talk about him. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what that's for, you know. Yeah. No, I do think being obviously being like in a relationship or married or whatever, like, yeah, you have a built in best friend, but obviously, and you know this and you do a great job of this is like one person can't be everything to you. That's such like a misconception. There should be other people in your life that you can lean on. You can't just like, you know, always have that person as your rock because you should have a bunch of different little pebbles and like, you know, a gravel driveway or something like that. I don't know what the metaphor is, but yeah, you should a have a rocks. bunch of different, yeah, you should have a bunch of yeah. different rocks. In your yeah. Life. And you have family, I think family, you know, <laughs> same thing. Isn't it a relationship, a friendship and any kind of relationship? Isn't it pretty similar? like how you interact with your yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, so I think so. Romantic, family, friends. It's kind of I, guess. I think you have like similar attachment styles and behaviors probably across most of the relationships in your life, whether it be familial, friend, romantic, whatever. I think you probably have a similar style in all of those categories. Can we talk about how you, do you seek out friends that are similar to you or opposite? I mean, I think I have friends from all 
different walks of life. I mean, I'm young and I've only lived in New York and LA. So most of my friends are from New York and LA. But when I think about doing The Bachelor, I think that I met a lot of people and Bachelor and also going to college and being around people from all over the country and all over the world. I've been able to make friends that are outside of the New York, LA bubble that I value so much because their life experiences are so different from mine. What about you? I do want a, a sort of like collage kind of ragtag people from all walks of life. All I think I have a more varied pos, uh I, I think I have a more varied group of friends, crowd, a crowd, you know, I do have a lot of friends, but within that group, there's a ton of variation. Like you would never think like, wait, how does this person hang out with this person? And then I would be the connector there. I mean, obviously people like tend towards friends, relationships, usually that have a pretty similar upbringing or background to them just because it's like something that you can relate to. But I think also it's so important to like be able to learn from other people's childhoods, experiences, things they've gone through, hardships they've overcome and stuff like that. And that's why it's so important to have that variation in your friend group. Yeah. A question I had was, have you ever gotten into either a tiff or a deep conversation or whatever it may be? And kind of got slapped in the face with something you could be doing as a friend that you weren't always like what's something you've learned that you could either work on in friendships currently or something that you have noticed that you do in friendships that you've changed now and has strengthened your friendships the one thing that I think that I know I do is I prioritize work and family And then my friend, you know, any kind of like friendships are kind of like filling in the gaps, you know? And I think that that's, I think it's a, it's a healthier, better way to think about it. If you say, if you really almost like structure your life so that everything has more balance. I mean, it's just like, it's like anything, like I prioritize a couple of things and then fill in with fitness or friends. But why is that bad? Or like, why should you change that? I don't, I don't think you should not prioritize family and work. So I think in the same way you say, I'm going to spend an hour a day working out and that's going to make me feel good. I think I would do well to say, X amount of times per week, I'm just going to go out with a friend or X, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to make sure to see X amount of friends throughout the summer or whatever. I just think, I think prioritizing it, which I kind of do, I don't feel like I'm, I'm bad about it, but. I just think this is a good activity. Like you should constantly be reflecting on like, 
how you can be a better friend. Yeah. Quality, not quantity. So you would say that in order to be a better friend, you would create solid goals for yourself in terms of like time spent with friends and people you want to see. Yeah. I just was thinking about like, I got rejected a couple other more times this recently, but I think it's (laughs) in the meantime, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, I'm like the Teflon friend. Like it just rolls right off me. I'm like, okay, I'll check in with you next week then, you know, whatever. Yeah, which as we talked about is something that you can deal with and I definitely (laughs) don't have the time for. No, but you know what it is too? Like I also do some sort of last minute like, hey, anybody want to do this tonight or tomorrow night or whatever? So, you know, it's understandable that I'm going to get rejected because of that. So that's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So I, you think would we, say- I think you have to have a like three strikes and you're out. Like there, there should be some sort of. I mean, I think the same way you say that about relationships, or you know, he bails on a date, you know, once. Okay, but uh, this is how other people are acting towards you. Like, how could you change? How could you be a better friend? Or how could? What's something that you have done in the past to be a better friend? I think I'm a really good friend. I think I'm a really good listener. and I'll... But that's a problem. Like you should always be able to be better or more supportive or more. I'd like to hear what you, how do you think you can be a better friend to your friends? Well, I learned this about two years ago that... Oftentimes when somebody in the past, when a friend of mine would come to me and ask me for advice, usually having to do with a romantic relationship, I would immediately give my advice on what they should do. And I've learned specifically through one of my friends who was in a relationship where she got cheated on. And I immediately was like, I hate him dump him like he's the worst person ever. Never. You deserve so much better. You are so amazing, smart, beautiful, talented, everything. You're the full package and you should never settle for somebody who doesn't prioritize you. But in that moment, I had to learn that, you know, through her eventually forgiving him and taking him back, that Sometimes you're not there to give advice. Right. Sometimes you're just there to listen. And that's something that I've had to work on throughout my friendships in terms of because I, I just want my friends to I think my friends are the best, you know, most beautiful, most talented, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. And I I think they deserve the world. So if they're not getting that from a romantic relationship, a job, whatever, I'm just like you, I want to fix it for them. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to be like, dude, that sucks. Yeah. And I'm here for you. Yeah. It's more like you ask the questions. Well, how does that make you feel? Like, what do you, how do you feel about it now? Like, what is that? I don't think it's up to you to decide if this person is a good person or a bad person in a situation like that, 
it's more like you're just there because they need someone to listen and talk to about it. Yeah. I guess just to end off, I wanted to read from this well and good article that I found called The Questions Every Woman Should Ask About Friendship. And I hope that you guys can take these into account in assessing the friendships that you have in your life. And I hope that they serve you and bring you joy and energy and all of that good stuff. So here are the questions. When you get a text message from them, do you cringe or feel a little anxious without noticing before opening? If something comes up and you have to cancel pre-made plans with this friend, do they get annoyed? Or worse yet, do you feel scared to tell them? Do they ever give gifts, even buying you dinner, and make you feel somehow obliged or indebted to them? Who initiates hanging out, you or them? When was the last time you hung out and they didn't complain about something in the first 15 minutes? Are you a giver or a taker? Are they a giver or a taker? How do they make you feel about yourself? How do you feel when you leave a dinner with this friend, drained or energized? What would be one word you might use to describe your friend? So I hope that those can be helpful to you guys. And I hope you guys love this episode. It was just more of a fireside chat about friendship. Um, I know this year has been really tough on a lot of friendships and it's really tested a lot of us, but it's also a time when I've had to lean on my friends more than ever. So I'm, I'm more than grateful to have such strong female bonds in my life. And that includes you, Mom. Oh, thank you. Same. No, it's interesting too, because in this year, in this past year, we're forced to actually, we want to be with friends. We're forced to be on Zoom and have, we're really talking. We're really having a conversation more than doing, you know? So I think it is, it's good. And it really has taught, be able to like ask people what, what is going on? How are you feeling? What are you, what are you thinking about? And that is a good thing. Thanks for listening guys. And we will see you on our next episode. Sorry, the uploads have been a little crazy. Obviously there's been a lot going on, but now that the season is over and fashion week is over, we will be more on schedule. We love you guys and we'll see you next episode. Hope you guys love this episode and thanks so much to Ginny Media for our audio production. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 